Welcome to the Julieverse podcast. My name is Julie and this is my podcast. So today's episode, I want to do kind of a life update check-in situation and just kind of talk about some of the stuff that's currently going on and the things that are shocking about a breakup that haven't necessarily upset me, but have just more surprised me. Like like my feelings about a breakup are really surprised now that we are almost four months into um, being broken up. So just want to give you guys a little heads up. Um, I broke the little filter thing that you're supposed to put around your microphone to like help keep it from, I don't know, like it's supposed to like buffer your voice or whatever to where you don't have a lot of like and weird noises. So if it sounds weird, I apologize. <laughs> I literally just broke it right before I was getting ready to record this. And I was like, well, there's nothing I can do about that. Um, so it's the only one I have. Uh, but yeah, so if it sounds a little weird, that's why. I'm trying to hold the microphone a little bit further away from my face just to prevent any of that kind of feedback and stuff like that. So just heads up. So, I came to a realization when I recorded the last episode, which was, like, so much fun, and hopefully it isn't boring to you guys. It was, like, a two and a half hour long episode, which I'm personally the type of person that I enjoy long podcast episodes, and so it's not something that's a deterrent um, for me. I know some people, they can't, they don't want to listen to podcasts that long, and they'd rather have short ones, so, like, majority of my episodes will be short, but... I really enjoyed doing that one. It was a lot of fun. But while recording that episode, I came to the realization that this is my podcast, which sounds stupid, but it's my podcast and I should be able to talk about whatever I want to talk about and not necessarily have a plan, but be more spontaneous with my podcast. That's the type of podcast that I enjoy listening to are not ones that are pre-productive or whatever you want to say. Because like, There are some podcasts that are storytelling or stuff like that where they need to have a lot of pre-production um and I just they're not normally my jam I prefer ones people just sit down and have a conversation or talk about topics that they're interested in so that's just kind of a realization I came to I was like you know I want to be able to talk about whatever I want and be more spontaneous with my podcast um so just a heads up (laughs) there's probably not going to be a rhyme or reason with episodes but yeah uh, it's, I've gone through a lot of growth and realizations lately of feeling as if I have to kind of, kind of put on an act in a way and not just live my life the way that I want to live it. Instead, I do it like based on expect, like uh, unrealistic expectations that I've put on myself. And I feel like this will be the easiest way for me to kind of get back to, me is to, is to kind of take back control of my podcast. And I know that just sounds, it sounds like I'm ranting and I am, but it's more just a, a realization that came to on my own. So, okay. Now that I got that random rant out of the way and I can feel more like I'm just sitting down and talking to a friend versus like having to like think about what I'm going to talk about on the podcast and then plan it like it's just that's just not my jam that's the reason why like YouTube I love doing YouTube it's a lot of fun it's so much work that it's to me almost not worth it because it's so much pre-production and scheduling and SEO and blah blah blah, blah, that it's just it's not enjoyable to me personally okay so random life update so currently it is January 24th when I'm recording this, so it's just shy of four months since I broke up with my ex-partner, and a lot has changed in those four months, which four months feels like a long time, but it's really not. It's a really short period of time. Uh, it's It's a third of a year, but it's a really short period of time, honestly, and especially when you're in survival mode basically every day for like at least the first two to three months. Uh, It can fly by in an instant and you don't even realize that that much time has gone by. But I have gotten to a point where in a healthy way, I don't miss my partner at all. 
I don't miss them in my house, in my space. I don't miss their attitude and their depression and and any of it. I just, I don't really miss them at all. (laughs) Like, sometimes, not always, but sometimes I miss the companionship. Sometimes I miss having someone to have dinner with and, and that kind of stuff. But for the most part, I really don't miss him as a person at all. And that's really jarring to me because I it's really fascinating to me how quickly you can go from being in love with somebody to not really caring anymore. And it's just something that I never, I've never had to experience before. And it's something that people tell you and like you think they're crazy and then you experience it and you're like, wow, it's really the truth, but it's not it's not random. It's because of conversations. It's because of the tone of voice, the way I was talked to, the way I was treated, the way that things played out after our breakup. Um, so many factors went into why I feel the way I do. And he basically wanted me to not be in love with him anymore (laughs) when we first broke up and he got his wish. I don't know if it's what he wants now, but it's, definitely what has happened um and I just it's just so shocking to me you know I I don't miss the drama (laughs) now it's different type of drama because of you know visitation and things like that that are super complicated and quite frankly are just disappointing because uh, he doesn't make seeing his kid a priority. And I've come to the realization that that's probably a good thing. It's probably a good thing that he just disappears or slowly and surely disappears over time. Barely sees his kid, things like that. And like her and I are fine by ourselves. We're happy. We're, we're in a good place. We don't need him. We don't miss him. I mean, he's her father and I will never keep her from him unless he gives me a reason that I have to. But at the same time, he can't just willy-nilly come and go whenever he wants to because it's convenient for him. Like, that's not how parenting works. And that's something that I don't think a lot of people really understand is, like, parenting is 24-7 every day of the year. (laughs) There is never a, a day that you are not a parent. There's never a day that you don't worry about your kids or... Or, or want to see them or whatever. Like it doesn't work that way. If if you want to be that type of parent, don't have kids. Because kids are they're 24/7 and it's it's just like like even having a pet is not the same equivalent of having a child. Because like if you have a dog, you can train a dog to lay down and to go to bed at a certain time and and you don't have to like spoon feed them. Like it's it's different. I'm not saying that it's um not something that's semi-comparable, but it's just not the same. And that's something that I wish more people would understand is that you are a parent every single day of the year for the rest of your kid's life. (laughs) It doesn't matter if they're 45 years old, you are still a parent. You still worry about your kids, you still think about your kids, you still want to protect them and be a part of their life and maybe not their daily life, but pretty damn close to that. So we're having some issues with visitation for sure Um, which I was pretty bitter about in the beginning I'm not gonna lie Uh, and then I came to the realization that like it's better this way it's better that he just slowly drift away um, because we are both happier that he's not here and our life is less stressful and it's harder on my daughter for him to come and go because then she gets used to him being around and then he goes away for a while and then he comes back and it's just like it's a wishy-washiness it's just so bad for her Um, little kids need consistency in their life Um, so that's the little tiny bit of an update um the other thing that's been happening that i didn't think was true i thought people were totally full of just garbage but i had somebody at work who has she's been married God, four times, I think. I don't know. Like, it was a a big number of times. (laughs) Like, a whole lot. And been divorced, you know, all those times. She's single now. And at least, at least three times. But I want to say four. Anyways, you know, she has two different kids with two different guys. And 
um, she was sitting there saying that, you know, be careful after you guys break up. And I was like, okay, why? And she's just like, because in, you know, her experience, the, the guy is like the, the father of her kids. Like she has two different dads for her two different kids, but each of them individually tried to use visitation with their child, which didn't happen very often, as a way to get back into her life. So they would come over under the pretense of seeing their child and like want to sit there and chit chat with her, want to, you know, have the emotional connection with her, even though for whatever reason they broke up, whether he cheated or she decided to leave him or like whatever the reason was like, that's kind of what happened. So she's just like, you know, be careful with, with your ex because that could be something that he starts to do. And I'm just like, I don't think so. And then fast forward sometime and after the fighting and stuff stopped mostly because I just stopped talking to him <laughs> to be completely honest like a lot of the conversations we had would turn into an argument because he'd be super defensive or whatever and he would blame me for everything um, but after we got to the point where like I barely talked to him outside of stuff with my daughter like things that he needs to know like doctor's appointments and whatever like things that pertain to her I don't talk to him outside of that I noticed that a few times that he would come over he would just linger like uncomfortably close and like want to talk to me but I wasn't having it because I'm just like you're here to see your daughter you're not here to see me I don't really necessarily have anything to talk to you about or share with you like that's that's the whole part of intimacy it's not just sex and cuddling and things like that it's like the day-to-day mundane things that happen that your partner gets to be a part of. They get to hear about the stupid shit that's going on at work. They get to hear about family drama. They get to hear about fun stuff. Like, they get to hear about just whatever. Like, you're just talking to them. That's part of intimacy. It's not just physical stuff. And I'm sorry, but in our instance, you made your choice. You chose someone else. You can't come to me now after two, three months later, four months later, and want to rebuild a friendship when you completely obliterated that friendship the moment that you chose someone else. And the moment that you walked away from your family and the moment that you didn't choose your own child, you chose yourself. Like, that's just how I function. And a couple days ago, he called while I was at work and I just answered the phone and didn't think anything of it. And he caught me in a moment where I was just like chatty. Like I wanted to talk to someone and I was just talking. I was talking for a little while. And then I realized, I was like, oh, this is bad, Julie. What are you doing? And then I was just like, so is there an actual reason you called? He's like, no, I just called to talk. And I was like, oh. And then I just basically stopped talking and he started talking about stuff. And like, luckily somebody came over to my desk to where I had a valid excuse to get off the phone with him. But like, I got off the phone and I got so mad at myself. I started beating myself up and I was just like, Julie, you need to draw hard lines with this man because now he's going to think that it's, it's perfectly fine to, you know, start talking to me about whatever's going on in my life. I'm like, no, that is part of the intimacy that you no longer get get to be a part of anymore because you chose someone else. You want to go talk to somebody just to talk to someone? Go talk to this new girl you're with because don't come to me. (laughs) And like, I was beating myself up because I'm like, I know better. I know I need to be careful because it's really easy to fall into, into bad habits and to get confused And not that I want him back at all. Not that I'm even in love with him anymore. Like, it's no. Like, for sure. He's a walking... This sounds harsh. But it's the truth. To me, he's a walking STD at this point. I don't care if he's had sex with this girl or not. In my mind, he already did. And because of that, like, no. I'm not interested in ever getting back together with him ever again. But it's just, like, even the friendship. Like, that was the hardest part for me in the beginning was the loss of friendship and I'm just like I don't want it back with him anymore and I need to just it was it was a weak moment and I really regret it because he didn't ask he asked a little tiny bit about our kid but it wasn't in the context of the day that he called it was about the weekend before and so it's just like you're not even calling to check up on your kid 
as of today. Like, and I think, I think that's my whole point is like the more research I do, the more guys that I find like on like YouTube and stuff that talk about what like narcissism, the more I'm just like, he, he's a narcissist and he's very self-absorbed and just all sorts of bad things. And I just, it was a slap in the face. Like my, I slapped myself in my face and I was just like, Julie, what is wrong with you? And I'm still kind of beating myself up about it because I'm just like, it's so easy to fall back into habits that you've had for years. Like, it's not even like it's a, oh, we only dated for six months to a year. Like we dated almost nine years. Like that's a long time to get used to talking to somebody every day, to get used to just shooting the shit with somebody to, you know, whatever. And then like you go months at a time where you basically don't talk to them like outside of the necessity and it's a very easy habit to slip back into. And I guess that's what shocked me. You know, the things that aren't shocking about a breakup are like the heartache and being angry and being mad and stuff like that and divvying up your stuff. And like none of that stuff was shocking. What was shocking to me were the voids and the friendship, the companionship, and then not missing him really shocked me because I did at first I missed things about him but then over time I just don't care anymore like like I don't really care what's going on in his life like he still gives me bs lines that I just roll my eyes at I'm just like whatever I don't believe you like getting a better job or making more money I'm just like yeah I don't believe you you've had eight years to better yourself while you were living with me for free and you never did it so it's all just smoke like I just I don't believe a word out of your mouth and even one thing that really frustrated me and I just kind of like sat there on the phone and rolled my eyes and I was like whatever basically stop talking was one thing that people probably if you know me in real life you probably know this but if you don't know me it's something that you probably don't assume but when it comes to my daughter's routines so like her bedtime routine you know we do bath time and books and that kind of stuff we brush I brush her hair every night those types of routines are the morning routines for like getting her ready for daycare or or whatever like nap time routines all the routines that I have with her I'm the one that created all those routines I'm the one that did the research on methods and things like that I'm the one that practice stuff I'm the one that did it all and to hear him sit there and say well we we have the routines we this and I'm just like I just sit there on the phone and I'm like no I did that you didn't do that I did that it wasn't a team effort it wasn't you doing research and us combining research together and and figuring out it wasn't you talking to other people like it was a hundred percent me and like little things like that when it comes to parenting really piss me off that people just like think it's a group effort and like it reminds me of like group projects in school where you have one person who's just there they don't contribute anything (laughs) they just sit there and then at the very end they present the project even though they haven't done any of the work and then they're the one that gets like the a plus and you're just sitting there like you don't deserve it and yeah so i just i don't know there's just a lot of little things like that that i've realized excuse me that I realized just I'm so much happier not having to deal with him on a daily basis and that was really shocking like in a good way about our breakup especially being like parents and stuff like I am so ready (laughs) and I said this to my mom recently and I know it sounds bad and I don't mean it to sound bad it just it's just the truth of how I feel right now but I'm not ready to start dating at all. I don't even know how you date in today's world. How you meet people. How you have time to date as a single mom. I, I, I honestly don't even know where you would start. Like, I'm just, like, flabbergasted on, like, the whole concept of dating. Um, <laughs> but I almost want to have a good guy in my life who's serious with me and serious about my kid and all of it to just deal with him so I don't have to deal with him anymore. You know what I mean? And like, and like he's the one that like run in, runs interference and I don't have to talk to him. And I don't have to listen to his bullshit excuses or 
I don't have to be the one to know that he's not showing up on his days for visitation, which is like 50% of the time. And I'm just tired. Like, that's literally what I told my mom. I was just like, it sounds horrible, but I just want somebody else to deal with him so I don't have to for a little while because I'm just, I'm tired. I said, I've been fighting with him or I've been having to document everything or scheduling whatever. And I'm just like, I'm done. I'm done. Like, I'm just so done. And that's a little very short. Kind of. Wow. Sorry. Uh, My daughter's not sleeping that great. So I'm not sleeping that great. You ask any, any mother and they will say that that is what's going on. Like why they're not, why they're tired is because the baby or their kids aren't sleeping good. Um, But that's a little tidy update right right now. Um, It's not super detailed, of course. um, But I don't know. I just, I kind of felt like getting on and just talking about things that just are frustrating that I hope in the future won't be as frustrating because they will be things that I'm hopefully not dealing with or at least not dealing with in the same capacity I am now. Um, But at the same time, like, nobody else in my life really gets it. I mean, I have, like, my best friend. She understands to a degree, but she doesn't have kids. And so it's like, you don't fully understand. And all my siblings are married and (laughs) all of them have kids and are married and happily married you know, for the most part, and, like, they don't get it, and I don't, I don't wish this on anybody, like, it's miserable, um, absolutely miserable having to deal with some of this shit that I've chosen to deal with, like, that's a thing, like, that's the most humbling part of this whole experience, is coming to the realization that I can't put all of this on him, I can't, like, I wanted to have a baby. I told him, you know, get on, like, use a, use a rubber if you don't, don't want to get me pregnant. I'm off birth control. All of it. Knowing in the back of my mind that I was selfishly making a decision that was going to make me happy, but very seriously could make me being a, be a single parent. And it's come to fruition that I am very happy, but I am a single parent. And I kind of blame myself to a degree because it's just like, just because of what I wanted doesn't mean that my child should have to suffer for that. And unfortunately, choosing to have a child with a man who can will never, will never put her first to a degree is partially my fault. Like, I know I can't undo it. I know I don't. I can't go back in time. And I, and I wouldn't because of beautiful child I have. But it's one of those things where, like, I have guilt about it. And the more I see people in my life who things are easier for them uh, and their partners actually want to be there for their kids and whatever like it makes me sad like I'm happy that they're not going through this for sure but it does make me sad for the things that my child unfortunately will have to go through because of the choices that I've made as well like he's a huge problem and he's a huge part of why our issues are the way they are but like I can't 100% put the blame on him because I mean, I'm a part of that equation too. It's just sad because like a lot of things that have happened, I honestly didn't think would happen exactly the way that they've happened. And because of that, like, I'm not shocked. I'm I'm absolutely not shocked, but I'm like heavily, heavily disappointed. And I feel like the disappointment, it's almost worse than resentment because like... (laughs) Especially, especially when they continually disappoint you. It's not like, oh, they disappoint you once. Like, they will continually, over time, over and over and over again, disappoint you in the way that they talk, the way that they treat you, the way that they act, not showing up, not acting like they care. Like, just over and over and over, lying to your to his family about stuff. I mean, just so many things. And I'm just like, I'm, I think I'm so, like, overstimulated with disappointment that nothing shocks me anymore. You know, I've had a couple people be like, oh my God, I can't believe. And I said, I can. <laughs> like, I've gotten to the point where nothing's nothing's surprising to me. Nothing's shocking. And I don't know. I just, I didn't realize how quickly you can go from loving someone to just being so thoroughly and completely disappointed in them that 
he just don't really care about them at all anymore. I mean, like, I don't want them, I don't want anything bad to happen to them for my daughter's sake. Like, not for me. And, and, and then there's also this tiny, little tiny voice in the back of my head that I'm working on silencing. That doesn't really want him to be happy, because why should he get to walk away from being a parent? Get all the benefits of free time, you name it, and get to be happy. At least, at least right now. Like, he can be happy later, (laughs) after I'm happy. And I know that that sounds selfish, I know that that seems crazy, but I think it's justified considering the fact that I'm doing 100% of the work. And gladly so, like, this isn't like a burden, being a a parent is a massive privilege. But it's just like, why should I, I don't understand people who are like, you know, you need to be happy for him. So I'm not fucking happy for him. Maybe eventually I will be, but like, no. I I want him to be miserable for a little while. Yeah, and he's, and you know, one of our arguments we got into was like, when he got so mad, he's just like, he's like, I would be happy for you if you were in a new relationship. I said, no, you wouldn't. Like, you're lying to yourself right here, right now. You are absolutely lying to yourself. I just looked at him and said, I want you to be happy eventually. I want you to be miserable for a while. That that would give me some sort of satisfaction for you to be miserable for a couple years. <laughs> you know, six months to a couple years of absolute misery. And then you can find happiness. That's fine, because by then I'll have moved on. And it won't matter. <laughs> but to have someone say to you, oh, I would be happy for you. You're full of shit. You are absolutely full. Are you really telling me that if I met this great guy and we got serious really quick and he wanted to adopt our daughter and play daddy to her, he'd really be cool with it and be happy for me? Yeah, right. Don't believe him. He's full of it. (sighs) And so there's just like so many random things like this, like thoughts that go through my head and I'm working on it because it makes me feel like It makes me feel like I'm kind of taking a step backwards and I'm like working on that not being a thing because it's not going to be healthy for me and like what's best. And for the most part, it gets easier every day. It really does. But then something will happen where I'll have a conversation with somebody and it'll kind of bring stuff up to the surface again where I get frustrated again. And I'm just like, I need to stop doing that. And I've kind of come to the realization that after I've talked to a couple people, I'm just like, I need to just stop sharing things because word gets back to him that, that the truth is coming out and he doesn't like what I'm saying. And so he gets guilted into coming and spending more time with his daughter. And it's just like this vicious cycle. I'm like, this is not what's best for my child. What's best for my child is for me to shut my mouth and just let whatever's going to happen, happen. And let it naturally progress where like he just barely sees his kid altogether. Like, like that that's the best thing that could happen. That's the best case scenario. And I've been so selfish this entire breakup. And that's like the most humbling thing is realizing how selfish you've been and learning to not be selfish. Because it's not about me. It's not about me and my feelings or or whatever. It's about my daughter. Like that's that's the entire decision I made for breaking up with him, for getting rid of him. All of it was what was best for my kid. And I still stand by that. Like, that's somebody said to me, they're like, you know, would you go back and undo it? And I said, no, because I'm still making the right decision for my child, regardless of how it affects me. <laughs> like, this is still the best thing for her future, is to get rid of him. It's just, being an adult sucks sometimes. <laughs> It really does, and and having to make hard decisions suck, and it's just not fun um, at all. And then it's also just, like, infuriating and exhausting. Exhausting, that's the two words I would use to describe me since I break up, is I'm disappointed and I'm exhausted, because it's just a vicious cycle where you go round and round and round, you know, and you just feel like, you feel like a hamster on a wheel, and you're not getting anywhere, and then, like, you finally, like, your endurance builds up, and you feel better, and then you start all over again. Okay. Now that that's a general, uh, excuse me, now that that is a general update, one thing I did think I, one thing I wanted to talk to you guys about mostly just like talking out loud is 
my feelings about grief right now. You know, I have a coworker who's a very strong woman. She raised two kids on her own as a single mom. You know, the dad has been in and out of the kids' lives forever. Basically out of, out of, out of their lives for years at this point and kind of pops in occasionally and she's a very very strong woman she you know was abused sexually when she was a young teenager and overcome it things that you would never suspect about her and to see how strong she is really gives me a lot of hope and a lot of drive I guess would be the right word for doing what's best for my kids or my kid because she did what was best for her children. And I've talked to her about things and she like, she gets it more than anybody else about how just hard being a single mom is. And I was, excuse me, I'm sorry. And I was talking to her as we, we started talking about, I don't remember, I don't remember how it came up exactly, but we started talking about, um, issues that we see in like in like the school system like you know education systems and it started you know talking about how you know she doesn't or I said to her I was like you know my whole issue is I don't want I don't care who it is I don't care how they feel I don't want anybody on either side of the political field liberal or republican to indoctrinate my children in anything that I don't want to myself. So, like, basically, like, it is up to me what my kids learn. So whether it's about sexuality or religion or politics, whatever, it doesn't matter. Like, that kind of stuff, like, it's up to me to decide what they learn and what they don't learn. And I feel like that's something that's very heavy-handed in the education system is they're very much swayed one way or the other. And... It's her just getting us talking about so many different things. And, um, you know, she was in there saying that, like, education systems and things like that need more parents like me who would stand up for what's right with their children and, and not just give in to whatever. And she's like, you know, I really think that there's a rise of homeschooling and stuff like that. And that's when I was kind of telling her, I was like, you know, that's kind of the path I would like to go with my daughter. I said, but it's all based on the guy that I meet someday because I want a man who can financially take care of us. I mean, if you guys listened to the last episode, you know, I want a man who can financially take care of us, who's on board for homeschooling or some sort of homeschooling like situation and have more kids and all that kind of stuff. And it's just like, we need to let children be children as long as we possibly can. And part of that as a parent is sheltering your children from taking the burdens off of your children's shoulder for as long as you can depending on their age and it's just like not putting not putting high expectations on like young children um because I don't know like experiences that children go through really do impact how they will be as adults and trauma response responses and triggers for like PTSD you name it crap like that really truly affects kids and it got me thinking about like my situation and with my ex and all the stuff that's happening and I'm just like my number one focus is making sure that I'm making the best decisions for my child possible and sheltering her as much as possible from all the bullshit that I have to deal with because it's not her burden it's not something that should affect her and I I thought I thought about like you know her dad's a really great example he comes from a divorced parents where he was shuffled back and forth between parents home he primarily lived with his mom and every other weekend he spent the weekend with his dad for years and then his dad would just be gone for a couple months at a time and then he'd show back up and want custody you know on his, his weekends again and then he'd move away out of state and he'd be gone for years and then he'd come back and it's just like how much that has affected her dad is just showing and it's just like that's what I'm really trying to prevent from her is trauma and I know that as a parent you're gonna fail (laughs) like your kids are gonna be traumatized 
in some way or another, whether it's bullies at school or witnessing a car accident or, I mean, parents fighting, like, whatever. Like, they're going to be traumatized in one way or another, unfortunately. But I feel like it's our responsibility. (sighs) Excuse me. I I feel like it's our responsibility as parents to take that burden onto ourselves as much as humanly possible and you know I have a really good friend who her parents got divorced when she was in middle school after years of verbal abuse at home screaming and yelling and her dad punching holes in walls and just like horrible horrible things you know he'd get a really good job and he'd be there for a while and then he'd quit and all the financial burden was on the mom and he'd drink and just, I mean, stupid stuff. Right. And you know, her and her sister are traumatized in certain ways because of what happened with her parents. And because of that, it's really affected how they are as adults because you know, whether, what, like it affects what you tolerate in a partner going forward. You either repeat what you see or you run from it. And that's one thing I'm trying to be really aware of for my child is to not let her think screaming and yelling is normal to not let it not let her think that not seeing your kids every day is normal like so many things that just could deeply affect her and it just makes me so sad for her because it's just like she's such a sweet kid and she's such a good kid and I know she's only one and, you know, kids go through, like, terrible twos, and then they have three teenagers, or they're three years old, and they're, like, acting like teenagers, you know? So, like, there's, there's issues and things that happen, but overall, she's a very sweet kid, and it just is mind-blowing to me, people who do not want to see their kids, or, like, they don't think about it. It's not a priority, you know, because there's always an excuse, like, well, I have to work or, well, I have to go see my girlfriend or I have plans with my friends or I need to sleep or there's always every other excuse in the book other than, well, my kids come first. <laughs> and I'm not saying that this, I don't know the statistics behind it. I would love to learn what they are, but I would, I would say majority of that is coming from men, probably like absentee dads. And I'm not saying that there aren't women that are like that. There are of course women who are trash <laughs> that to have children and abandon them and that's just horrible but at the same time like at least from my experience with the people I know my personal broad circle majority of the people who abandon their kids are men <laughs> and it's just like I don't understand that and people say well you carry the child, the women carry the children, so they have this deep bond with the, with their kids that dads don't have, and I'm just like, well, then explain that to the, the guys who are the single parents, and they fight for their kids, and they take their kids away from the mom who's abandoning them, like, it doesn't, that's total crap to me, um, it's an excuse to enable bad behavior, you know, just, you're gonna excuse the behavior, and just, oh, well, you know, it's, it's not their fault. They didn't really have a bond. I'm like, fuck that shit. You were there from day one when that child was conceived, let alone born. And you act like it's, oh, it's it's not that big of a deal. (laughs) Like, it's a huge deal. You abandoned your child. Like, I don't care if you see it that way or not. That's the truth of what happened. If you are not in your child's life on a regular, consistent basis, whether that's a schedule that's once a week, twice a week, uh, every other weekend, like whatever, whatever the schedule is. If you're not seeing your kid on a consistent basis, you are not a parent. You're not a parent because a parent isn't going and seeing your your children whenever it's convenient for you. (laughs) Like you ask any parent in your life on whether they see their kids because it's convenient for them or whether they see them because it's their responsibility. And I would love to know people's people's responses. I saw this really great clip. I don't know what movie it's from, but it's um, Denzel Washington, and it's an older movie. But there was some clip I saw on like I don't know YouTube Shorts or whatever, one of those shorter form content, uh, whatever. And it was an episode or like a, a part where this kid, and it was his son in the movie, was you know he was 
I don't know, being whatever, and Denzel Washington's just like, why do you think that I take care of you? And the kid's like, because you like me. And keep in mind, this is like a teenage boy. And Denzel Washington's character is just like, so you're saying that I feed you because I like you. I let you sleep in, in my house on your bed because I like you. I send you to school because I like you. I, I do all these things because I like you. And the kid's like, yeah, you like me. And Denzel Washington's like, no, I have a responsibility for you. You're my son. My responsibility as your parent is to take care of you. That is my responsibility as your father. And like went in this whole spiel about how it's not about liking your kids. Like it's because you have an obligation to your children to provide for them, to be there for them, to to do the stuff. I'm not saying that like make their life easy as pie, but you have basic obligations, food, shelter, education, health, like that's that's a basic obligation you have to your children. And he flat out said to his son, it's not because I like you. It's because you're my son and I'm your father and I'm here to, you're my, you're my responsibility. And I just kind of sat there after watching it and I was just like, why is this not, like, this is such a common thing. Like, this is common knowledge, right? <laughs> or, or am I crazy? Is it not common knowledge? And I don't know, like, it just seems that some people really need to be smacked in the side of the face of, like, what it means to be a parent. And being a parent isn't because you love your kids and it's not because you like your kids. And there are some days you're not going to like your kids. Let's be totally, totally honest here. There are some days you're just not going to like your kids that day. You love your kids, but you're not going to like them. But it's your responsibility to take care of them. And the people that I've talked to, I mean, I'm not going to lie. Like, if you look at the statistics, there are, in my personal circle, you know, whether that's friends or coworkers or family, whatever, there are more single moms who do the 99.99999% of the work and the dads just come and go as they please or walk away from their kids altogether or whatever. And I just think that that's telling because it just, I, in my wildest dreams, my, my, my brain cannot comprehend that. I just can't comprehend it. And quite frankly, whether or not this is something that is said naively or not, like I genuinely have no respect for people who abandon their children for any reason at all if you're a drug addict well why do you have that kind of addiction you have kids if you're an alcoholic if you're a gambler why these are these are all things why do you have kids like you're obviously a very selfish person because that's more important to you than your children or well my job well you can't tell me you can't bring your family with you when you have a job somewhere now unless you're working in a very unsafe place or environment that's different but again why do you have kids and it's just like I look at it as the the only other example I can think of is there was this woman I used to a long time ago work with didn't know it until after you know years but she had two kids girl and a boy the perfect, you know, American family, girl, boy, picket fence, you name it, right? And they would get pets, like they'd get like a new puppy or a kitten or whatever. And like, it felt like all the time, like every few years, they'd get a new pet. I'm just like, oh my God, how do they have time for all these pets? Well, come to find out what was happening was, um, sorry, if you hear a weird noise, my phone's ringing. Um, what was happening was she would get a puppy for the kids for Christmas or their birthday or whatever. The kids would play with the dog or the cat for a while and then the dog or the cat would become a problem. Like whether it was potty training or they didn't have time for it or you name it and they would get rid of the animal. They would they would give it to someone, they'd find a new home for it, they would whatever. And then they would rinse and repeat, rinse and repeat, rinse and repeat. And I'm just like how is that not a metaphor for people who have kids that should not fucking have them? You can't return said child. You can't undo what's happening. And I'm just like, this right here is my whole point. Like, how many people look at kids as a commodity? They look at it as, like, the little chihuahua and the purse 
to show off to people and not the fact that they're like a full life responsibility for the rest of your life to take care of those children. I don't know. Like, my mind's just blown. People just blow my mind. Like, the stupidity of the world and people around that are just absolutely mind-blowing. Um, yeah. So, okay. I know I didn't do it the last couple times, but I want to get back into the habit of, like, question of the day, comment of the day kind of thing. And my my question, I guess, would be for you guys to just kind of think about is... What do you think should be criteria that you look for in a person? Like, I don't even know how to, like, word what I'm trying to say. But, like, it's like, like you know, my, I just think about, like, my, my situation. If, if I would have known what I know now when I got pregnant, would I, would I have changed what happened? Meaning, would I have broken up with my partner then versus now? You know, like, those types of weird questions. And so it's just, like, I guess my main question is, if you would have known what was going to happen was going to happen before it happened, would you have, would you, would you have allowed it to happen? And my answer is yes and no. (laughs) Like, yes, I still would have had a child. Yes, I would still have the beautiful baby I have and all this stuff. But I would have broken up with him as soon as I got pregnant. For sure. I absolutely would have got would have gotten rid of him as soon as I got pregnant. And whether or not his family knew would be up to him, but like I would still have my baby. And I wouldn't have to go through everything that I'm going through now with a child that remembers her dad. Uh, so I guess that's definitely my question is, would you do what has happened in the way that it happened if you were... Like, you know what I mean? And I guess my... My comments, my like food for thought here is don't blame. This is hard for me because like it's something I'm struggling with. But like, don't blame yourself for the actions other people choose to do. Like, yes, you may see red flags and ignore them, and like, yeah, that's on you. But would ignoring those red flags have gotten you to the same spot you are now, or should you have left sooner? Um, And unfortunately, you can't change anybody. They have to want to change themselves. And that's a really hard one to wrap your brain around because you, especially for anything like me, like I physically, mentally cannot understand the actions that my ex-partner has made in a way that is just jarring. Like he's a complete stranger to me. I look at him and I don't remember the good times, not really. Because it's, it's, it's almost like it was a whole other lifetime ago. It's, it was a different person then. And it's like it's almost like looking into an evil twin and being like, I don't know who the frick you are. You are obviously evil. I don't, I don't know who you are. You are a total stranger to me. And, you know, it's something that I'm really working, struggling with is not understanding the actions that somebody else chooses to do. And not justifying them for sure. And also, slowly and surely, stop talking about them. Like, just kind of accepting what is, is, is. And there's nothing you can do about it. And honestly, honestly, it doesn't mean that you're a bad person. And that's really hard for me too, because like, I have a lot of guilt. I have a lot of guilt for the things that have happened and the choices that I've made and selfish decisions I made. Do I regret them because I have my child? Absolutely not. But I regret being in certain situations that I've gotten myself in because of the person that I was in love with, for sure. You know, but it's just like, it's one of those things where like, you can't, you, the things that you've gone through have made you who you are now. And if you wouldn't have gone through them, you wouldn't be the person you are today. You wouldn't have learned the lessons you learned. You wouldn't have any of the life experience or the knowledge, you wouldn't have any of it at all. You, like, who's to say that you wouldn't have repeated it in a different way with a different person? And so, like, I don't necessarily have regret in the traditional sense because I don't necessarily believe in regret. I believe in learning from your 
from the past and learning lessons and things like that. And I've definitely learned a lot, but it's just hard not to like beat yourself up. And so I guess that's my little advice to you is don't beat yourself up for the choices somebody else has made. And because there's, there's nothing you can do to change someone. You can't love them into changing. You can't hate them into changing. You can't scream in them into changing. You, you can't do any of those types of things. Like, they either will change or they won't. And there's nothing you can do to make them. They have to make themselves. They have to want to themselves. And it will literally, like, break your brain. Like, you will, you will hit yourself into a wall of questions of things that you cannot comprehend because you're not that person. I cannot comprehend being extremely self-centered because I'm not that person. Like, everybody has selfish moments for sure, but I am not to my core a selfish person where I only care about myself and my happiness first. Like, I'm just not built that way, so my brain does not understand thinking that way. And, yeah, I mean, like, again, going back to my question, would you... Would you change anything if you knew what you knew now? And I would say no, for me personally. I, I got the result to a degree. <laughs> I wanted, did I hope for something better? Like a whole family? Absolutely. For sure I did. Like I, I, I won't hear, sit here and lie to you like naively. I hoped that he would grow up, but I hoped that this would change him. I hoped that we would be married and, and have more children and all of it. For sure I did. But am I shocked? Am I surprised? Not really. Am I disappointed? Heavily. Am I exhausted? To my core. Just mentally, mentally exhausted with him. Like, he just mentally exhausts me. And this whole wishy-washy back and forth crap. Like, that's why I got so pissed at myself. Because I'm just like, Julie, you cannot be friends with this person. You cannot mentally handle this wishy-washy you need to be hard to your core kind of cold about it because it's what's best for you mentally and nobody else is going to look after yourself but you and that's also a hard thing to figure like to swallow is the fact that like they somebody else may love you but they will never take care of you the way that you have to take care of yourself because at the end of the day like you have to live with you you have to look at yourself in the mirror you have to live with your inner thoughts like you have to do that nobody else can do that for you so this turned into a very interesting episode i i appreciate it if you guys hung out and listened to this episode um it's kind of a life update slash things that are going on and my thoughts on honestly abandoning your children (laughs) it's it's quite frustrating to me but um i do apologize if this audio was kind of funky I did my best to not scream into the microphone, but you know how it is. So um, I appreciate you guys listening to this, and I will talk to you guys later. Bye, guys.